Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. I'll be with you for this hour of the program. And I do invite you to call in at that number that was just given to you, 303-690-3000, the call-in number, to ask your questions and to give your prayer requests. And so we got all open lines right now. Give me a call. Love to talk with you. Love to uh, minister to you, serve you any way that I can in praying for you or answering your questions about the Bible or Christian living or perhaps how do we view certain things? What's our perspective as a Christian to all the things that are going on around us in culture and society? And there's a lot going on. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. This is your show. And Uh, We welcome all of you tuned in. I pray that this hour is a blessing to you and an encouragement to you. Got all open lines right now, and there's another way for you to be able to ask a question or to give a prayer request through a dedicated text line, and it's a different number. That number is 720-336-0897. So I want to welcome everyone who's listening live on Grace FM along the front range of Colorado, two different stations, 101.7 in Southern Colorado and Pueblo and Fountain and Colorado Springs. Love to hear from you guys in that area. And then Northern Colorado up in the Southern Wyoming, uh, 89.7 on Grace FM. Another beautiful, beautiful day here in uh, Colorado. And it's another month. We are starting November now. And it's so amazing how quickly the year goes by. And we are entering into that season of Thanksgiving and Christmas And so a lot to look forward to, a lot to be thankful for in our lives as Christians. We have the Lord. We have eternal life, a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you in that. So I want to welcome all those who are listening on Radio by Grace as well. And then those who are listening a week delayed on Hope FM and Truth FM on the East Coast. You guys have been a part of our Calvary Life family for a long time. But give me a call. We can talk and then... You can listen to the broadcast next week on your radio uh, network, and same with Higher Rock Radio. But online listeners across the country, you can call it that number that I just gave to you, 303-690-3000. We'll get you to me, and we'll be able to talk on the air. And so I'd love in, for you to do that. I invite you to do that. Let's talk about the things of the Lord Jesus Christ, and let's be encouraged of the things of the Lord and go to the Word of the Lord and also to the throne of grace in time of need. Let's go ahead and go to Ronald in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Hi, how you doing, Ronald? I'm blessed. And yourself, Pastor? I'm doing good. Thanks for calling. Yes, sir. Uh, my question is uh, whether or not uh, the, Lord is, the Lord Jesus is going to pray, I mean, preach to the spirits in prison, and give them a second chance. Is there a second chance for people? Yeah, if they don't and, accept him here. 
Yeah, and what we have is, I believe it's in Peter. It talks about how he went and preached to the to those in in the spirits in in prison. We know that Ephesians tells us that before he ascended, he first descended, and he let captivity free. In other words, I believe what the scriptures is telling us is not so much that he preached to them, more as a proclamation that he went down into paradise. He first descended into Abraham's bosom. He made that proclamation that, you know, I've died for your sins. Um, You know, um, I've died for your sins once and for all. Because in the Old Testament, all the believers were looking forward to the cross. And so the sins were only covered, kofar is the Hebrew word, through the animal sacrifices. It was only Jesus that took away sin once and for all. So once that was accomplished, and once his sacrifice, Jesus' sacrifice on the cross was accepted, uh, as the book of Hebrews talks a lot about that, as his blood was presented in the tabernacle in heaven, then that Abraham's bosom, which was also called paradise, you might remember that he told the thief on the cross, before the sun has set, you'll be with me in paradise. That chamber is empty. But I think he also put the others on notice of the gospel that he had led captivity, you know, free. And it wasn't so much a second chance. The Bible does not teach a second chance in the scriptures because Hebrews tells us that it's appointed once for man to die, then the judgment. So, you know, there's uh, different doctrines out there that a purgatory, um, that uh, I grew up in the Catholic Church. You light candles. You pray for those who have passed on, and then over time, maybe perhaps they can pass from purgatory into heaven. Uh, that is a man-made doctrine. Scripture does not talk about that at all. And I think it's important for us to understand that even Jesus confirms that, as you read uh, in um, John's Gospel, chapter five. Uh, he he talks about that uh, the hour is going to come uh, that um, all who hear my voice in the graves will come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. So those who are going to be resurrected to life who are, have faith in Jesus Christ, those who have rejected Jesus Christ to condemnation, and, and that's an eternal condemnation that Jesus uh, speaks about often in the Gospels. And so there's no second chance, and um, it was a proclamation that Jesus was making um, there as he told them of the finished work that he did on the cross. Yes, that's, that's the exact scripture I wanted to ask you about, uh, John, St. John five twenty five. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because it, it says something that he preached to the Spirit, and uh, those that heard— uh, like they were saved, and uh, but those people who heard, they were like in Abraham's bosom. Am I right? Uh, yeah, he would go down. He would make that proclamation, lead, lead captivity free. That is those who now are in heaven with the Lord. And then Paul writes in Second Corinthians chapter five to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So now we on this side of the cross. We look back to the cross and Jesus dying for our sins, making atonement for our sins, cried out from the cross, it is finished, rose from the grave. Now, when we close our eyes for the last time and take our last breath, we go immediately to be with the Lord. 
So that chamber of Abraham's bosom is empty. The other side of the unrighteous dead, they will be resurrected. Now, in John chapter 5, he's talking about the resurrection, and here's the the truth about the resurrection. The resurrection is not only talking about eternal life, but it's talking about eternal life in a new body. Um, and it's, it's t- talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that which is corruptible will be incorruptible, that which is mortal will be immortal. So because Jesus Christ rose from the grave, we will have new bodies. And Daniel chapter 12 talks about the same thing, kind of a cross-reference to John chapter 5 is Daniel chapter 12, where he speaks about there's going to be two resurrections. And in those resurrections, I'll read it to you, Daniel chapter 12, uh, because we just did a study on Daniel. Daniel chapter 12, it speaks about that at that time Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation. And he goes on to say that, and everyone who's found written in the book, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. So Daniel also writes about you know those who are going to be resurrected to life, and then those who are going to be resurrected to everlasting condemnation. And that takes place, um, Ronald, at the great white throne judgment of Revelation chapter 20, where the unrighteous dead will be resurrected. That's called the second resurrection. And then they will be sentenced to outer darkness, or they will be sentenced to the lake of fire for all eternity. So, Pastor, what what are you saying is that uh, we are judged by the deeds that we have done while we were on this earth. Yeah. Yeah. It's appointed once for man to die, then the judgment. Once you die, there's no second chances. There's no purgatory. There's no, you know, none of those things. Um, It's too late. And that's why the urgency is that we need to make a decision for Jesus Christ while we're alive and while we're on this earth. So the Bible does not speak about second chance. The Bible does not speak about having a chance after we die. Um, it is now is the time. That's why the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Amen. 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 Good I question, Ron. I thank you, you very kindly. You bet. Love you guys down there in Florida. So thank wonderful you, to hear Love from you. you guys. All right. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you in northern Colorado. And uh, so grateful to have um, so many people that uh, in uh, opportunities to minister to those uh, through Radio by Grace. I know that Radio by Grace has actually grown uh, just recently, I believe, a couple more stations in Mississippi, and um, we're just so grateful. And if you're new to Calvary Live, I'd love to hear from you, and uh, give us a call, and uh, let us know you're listening, uh, how you're blessed, and love to be able to talk with you. So we got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000, the call-in number, the text line, 720-336-0897. And I always encourage you, if you are new to Calvary Live, put those two numbers in your contacts, and you can just pull it up and give us a call, and we can converse and talk and uh, pray with you or text you uh, or read your text, um, the text line there. You can uh, also text a question if you'd like to. So let's go to Aza in Baltimore. Yes, hello. Hi, 
How are you? You're on Calvary Live. I'm doing, I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. And, uh, I have a question for you. Now, mm-hmm. we know in Ephesians, uh, it's talking about uh, Satan, like he is the prince of the power of air. And my right. question is, does this mean that Satan or his demons are always around us, like when we're home, they're anywhere because they are in the air? We're driving in the car. They're everywhere around us. And my question is not because I um, have any concern with that. I know I'm covered with the blood of Jesus. I'm a believer. Right. I'm thankful for that. So it's just I want to know, does this mean what I'm saying? Yeah, when, when Ephesians tells us that he's the prince of the power of the air, and it's interesting, sometimes I'll, I'll as I just kind of, mentioned to people that, you know, being on Calvary Live and having a radio program, I encourage people, keep praying for us, guys that are teaching, because we've invaded his territory. He's the prince of the power of the air. And and Satan is one that, you know, you remember the story of Job uh, in Job chapter 1, that um, Satan is before the Lord, and the Lord says to Satan that, have you considered, you know, he, first of all, he asked him, the Lord asked Satan, what have you been doing, Satan? He said, oh, going to and fro across the earth. And so he he roams the earth. He goes to and fro across the earth. And then um, it was the Lord that said, have you considered my servant Job? Uh, he's blameless. Yeah. He's upright. And Satan said, yes, I've considered him. And that word consider is like uh, how a general would study the enemy. And Satan, he he roams the earth. Um, He's not omnipresent like the Lord. People sometimes think that Satan is the opposite equal of God, and he's not. He's nowhere a matchup to God. He's a created being. He's the fallen angel. He's the prince of the power of the air. Uh, He's the god of this world, little g. And we know that that Jesus is going to come back someday, and he's going to reclaim that. And... Um, and Satan is going to be put away. But that's simply what it means. But I do like what you said, Aza, that we don't have to worry about it because we're under the blood of Jesus Christ. He will come against us. He'll study us, consider us to try to tempt us or trick us or deceive us. He will come against us. We know from Ephesians chapter 6 goes on to say, throwing the fiery darts at us. But we have victory, don't we? And we do battle with spiritual forces, as Paul would say, that we don't battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. But we fight from victory, not for victory. But he does come against us, and he is real, and he's working overtime, and he has his demons under him that are in um, order. The book of Daniel speaks about demons that are over countries, and uh, we know that they are around us. We can't see it, but it is there. We know that angels are around us. Paul speaks about angels in the church at Corinth uh, observing. Um, and so there's a spiritual realm out there that's that's very real, and it is there. And we have the Lord Jesus Christ who tells us in the book of James that we, you know, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So... Um, he is a real uh, fallen uh, prince of the power of the air, um, the God little G of this world. And, but I'm so grateful that greater is he 
that is in us, the Holy Spirit of God, and that's what you were saying, is greater than he that is in the world. Amen. Amen. Thank you so yeah. much. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. You bet. Thank you for God your question. Bless. Appreciate thank it. You. Love to hear from you guys from Hope FM as well on the East Coast and Baltimore and Philadelphia. Give me a call. Love to hear from you guys. We got all open lines right now. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line 720-336-0897. So I'd love to hear from you. Love to be able to uh, be able to minister to you, help you in any way that we can. Uh, it is Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving coming. It is the month of Thanksgiving. And I wanted to read to you, um, and as soon as the phone lines, we've got all open lines, 303-690-3000. Grab one of those open lines. But I wanted to read to you, and during the month of November, I just want to read to you a, a psalm of Thanksgiving. And here in Psalm 100, that we read, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence with singing, knowing that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. And we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his mercy everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. So that little uh, psalm there, five verses, a, a, a psalm of thanksgiving, that you and I as Christians, I, I pray that we would really, we should do this at all times, but especially this time of the year, Thanksgiving, that we would really just be thankful. I, it's an important part of our Christian lives. It is Paul that said that we don't have to be anxious for anything, but through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And even even though we become anxious or we go through trials and we go through difficulties, that we can be thankful in all things, as Paul would tell the church at Thessalonica, you know, because we have him. And in all things, he is with us, and his promises are true for us. So I think one a good thing for a lot of us to do is really sit down and, and just write a list of all the things that you're thankful for. You know, thankful that you have Christ, thankful that you are saved, thankful for he uh, is merciful to us. Uh, we are thankful that his truth endures to all generations, that he is good and his mercy is everlasting. We can be thankful for our families, for our church family, so many things. And I think that's very helpful. And I pray that we would be an encouragement during this time of Thanksgiving and Christmas to others as well, that we would um, just really uh, pray about and think about how we can bless others and serve others. And then perhaps your church is doing certain things to help be a blessing to others in need during the holiday season. The holiday season can be very, very difficult for people. And uh, maybe putting food boxes together for families in needs, we're doing that. Maybe helping, this is the season for Operation Christmas Child, shoe boxes to help down at the distribution center in Denver or at your church and putting shoe boxes together. Uh, maybe just helping those in need, being an encouragement, and also praying about how you might invite somebody to come out and hear the good news that Jesus Christ, the light of the world, has come to this world to save us. And And I just want to be an encouragement as we start the holiday season, Thanksgiving and Christmas to you. But I'd love to hear from you. Give me a call. we got all open lines right now, I see, at 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And the text line is 
888-528-0897. So give me a text for a question or a prayer request. And love to just be able to talk with you and minister to you and and uh, be able to, uh, you know, be able to answer your questions uh, in any way that I can. So uh, give me a call. Going to the text line, we got a question uh, that is giving, and it is, it is, is it wrong for Christians to have wealth? It is not wrong for Christians to have wealth. We look through the scriptures, and there are those who uh, were men of God that had wealth. You had Abraham, who was a friend of God. You had David, who had a heart after God. You had Solomon, who was probably the most wealthy person that ever lived. He had the wisdom of God. And then also you had Joseph of Arimathea, uh, who was considered wealthy, uh, the council. Uh, he was uh, there in Israel, who made a tomb. Uh, and it was very expensive to make your own tomb, uh, as he would carve that tomb out of the side of a mountain, and Jesus would borrow it. And Joseph of Arimathea was wealthy. But the problem can be the pursuit of wealth. And it is Paul writing to Timothy that said, it's the love of money that presents all kinds of evil. It's a snare to man. Uh, Proverbs talks about how wealth is a snare to man. Uh, We also know that uh, the scripture talks about, um, you know, not to be pulled down by riches. Uh, Jesus would talk about covetousness. So the problem becomes when there's a desire for, for riches. And if God has blessed you with wealth, you know, we can be thankful for that. But if we're just wanting to pursue wealth, if we're just having a love for wealth, then there is a problem. And that is the problem with the prosperity movement, the prosperity gospel, which, by the way, is not the gospel, uh, and that God wants you to be wealthy. And if you plant a seed faith and you send the money to me, you'll get a hundredfold. And what it does is that it promotes, you know, having a desire for riches. And um, it's very sad that it's very prevalent in the church today. It's very sad that um, that people have uh, have fallen into that. Uh, just their faith has been absolutely, you know, devastated by it because they send then their money and then I don't get a hundredfold back. We are to be content. Uh, those who teach that godliness is the means of gain, Paul would say to Timothy, is uh, something that we're to stay away from. Be content if God blesses you with, um, you know, success in a business or whatever the case may be. You know, be a good steward of what God has given to you. Um, But be content where God has you, whether a lot or little. And it's the love of money that is the root of all kinds of evil. So 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line 720-336-0897. Let's go ahead. Let's go to Mike in Maryland. Hi, Mike. Hey, good morning. Or is it good night? How, yeah. Well, it, it's kind of evening where you're at on the East Coast. Yeah, it's actually working its way down to 630 about now. <laughs> good. Well, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Oh, great. Um, I'm what you know as uh, a Jewish Christian, and I've been following uh-huh. the Word of God pretty much all my life. Uh, right now I'm in the book of Revelation. Uh, I've got so many different thoughts popping in my head because when you read the clip notes after what you just read, it kind of throws you off a little bit. Now, John was on Patmos Island, yes? Yes. Okay. Is he one 
of the return of the two that would be in the streets. In now, of Revelation. Revelation. He didn't die. Did, yeah. did the Lord raise him up? Okay, so I think you're speaking of Revelation chapter 11, the two witnesses. John, who would write the um, book of Revelation, he was exiled to the island of Patmos. He was the last of the living apostles. Paul the Apostle Peter had been put to death some 30 years before John, an elderly man, at the end of the first century. There was persecution that was going on by Domitian. And church tradition says, this is tradition, um, says that John was put into a pot of boiling oil before Domitia there in Ephesus, and it didn't hurt him. And Domitian cries out, ban him, get rid of him. So they ban him to the island of Patmos. And we're not talking about Tahiti or Hawaii. It's a rocky, barren island. He's isolated. He's an elderly man, and all of a sudden he hears a voice as if of a trumpet, and he turns to see the resurrected Lord, and he begins writing. And he begins writing, and you'll see the outline of the book of Revelation given in chapter 1, that, John, what you're to do is you're to write the things that you have seen. That's chapter 1, as he saw the resurrected Lord standing in the midst of seven golden lampstands, then write the things which are, that is chapters 2 and 3, and then write the things that will take place after this. So in chapter 6 to the end of the book, that is all future. So chapter 11, the two witnesses that are in the street there that are in Jerusalem at that time, that is yet future that hasn't been fulfilled. Um, and that will take place in the middle of the tribulation period. Uh, uh, the at the half- because, yeah, they will have the breath of God back in them. And I thought, okay, well, if John did not die, was how, how did he go away? Well, he ended up he ended up dying after he wrote the book of Revelation. The two witnesses, there's a lot of thought, and you can go back and read Zechariah chapter four, and and there's a reference to that, the two olive trees um, of you know Zechariah that came uh, that heard the the prophecy, uh, you know, and saw the vision there, um, and you can read that. So Zechariah chapter four prophetically speaks about Revelation chapter 11. The two thoughts of who the two witnesses are, and there's different thoughts, uh, one is Moses, and the reason is because he is one that was able to turn water into blood, and um, and that's what it, it says here. These two have the power to shut heaven so no, no rain falls in heaven or the rains fall in the days of their prophecy they have the power over waters to turn them to blood, to strike the earth with all plagues. That was the ministry of Moses. And also in the book of Jude, you see that Jude, um, interesting that he writes about how Satan and Michael the archangel were contending over the body of Moses. So what was that all about? Could it be that Moses' body was going to be used here in Revelation chapter 11? So that's just speculation. The other one is Isaiah, um, he shuts up the heaven, no rain falls on the heaven uh, on the days of their prophecy, uh, able to call down fire from heaven. That's the ministry of, um, of, of, excuse me, Elijah. So the two witnesses, they believe, are Elijah and Moses. Some say it's Enoch. Uh, some say it's other two, but the two witnesses we do know will be there 
in the middle of the tribulation period, it seems like they are prophesying and being a witness in the first half of the tribulation period, and then they are killed by the Antichrist, and then after three days their bodies laying in the streets, they are resurrected in front of everybody. So it's a very fascinating portion of Scripture that is given to us. And um, and you, you can read volumes and volumes and volumes uh, on it, uh, you know, about uh, all of that. So, hey, Mike, uh, did you have a, a prayer request? We can come back. Yeah. If you if you need prayer requests, just hang on. We're at a break. I'll come back to you after the break. And be sure to stay tuned to Calvary Live. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. So you just heard those two numbers where you can uh, be a part of our program, the call-in number and the text line, 303-690-3000. So I'd love for you to call and, uh, and talk about uh, the things of the Lord, ask your questions to give your prayer requests. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley here in Northern Colorado with you on this Tuesday, the first day of November. Man, this year has gone by so fast, and um, we're heading towards the latter part of the year. A lot to look forward to, a lot of opportunity to serve the Lord, to speak to people about the goodness of the Lord and um, and why the Lord came to this world. And uh, we have such good news to give to a world that needs it. We have a message of hope, and I pray that you would really be sensitive every day to give that message to others, to be a light to people, to to really show the love of Jesus Christ, to serve people. That should be our desire in the world in which we live in. But we were talking to Mike, and we got, we had to go to break. Mike, are you still there? Thanks for holding. I appreciate it. So we were talking about the two witnesses, and I wanted to give you a chance, Mike. Did you want to follow up with what I was kind of talking fast before the break and any follow-up that you had with that? Oh, yeah, I thought about uh, Melchizedek. Yeah, Melchizedek. Go ahead. I thought maybe he may be just a being or because we don't have no uh, origin of where he was from. Or yeah. he could be mistaken as for the Lord thy God back then in, in his way of showing up in the Spirit. Yeah, yeah, Melchizedek is interesting. There's a couple different thoughts. Of course, we see him in the book of Genesis that came to Abraham. And, and then Melchizedek is spoken of in the Psalms. He's spoken of in the book of Hebrews. There's a lot that said. So the question is, uh, is uh, Melchizedek was it a an individual that came? Uh, was it one that, as we read, came to Abraham? And let me read it to you. I'll find it here. That he um, Melchizedek, king of Salem, which means peace, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of the God of the Most High. He blessed Abraham. Blessed be Abraham, God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High who deliver your enemies into your hands, and he gave him a, a tithe of all. So Melchizedek shows up all of a sudden, and and he is the one that is um, the priest of the God Most High. He is king, 
And we know that he's from another order, the order of Melchizedek. And Psalm speaks about that Jesus, he comes from the order of Melchizedek because the writer of the book of Hebrews uh, is making the case that Jesus comes from a superior priesthood. The, the Hebrew readers could read the book of Hebrews and say, listen, Jesus can't be our high priest because he wasn't from the order of, of, um, of the Levites. Uh, he wasn't uh, of the descendant of, of Aaron's who were the priests. Um, and the writer of Hebrews says, listen, he's from the order of Melchizedek. So the question is, is this Melchizedek of Genesis chapter 14 a Christophany, an appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament, or is he another individual who is a type of Christ? And so the debate goes on. Um, and there are those who believe, no, he's just a type of, an, an order of Melchizedek, that priesthood, so there was an order, but we don't know really anything about him. Uh, others say it's a Christophany because who else could be the king of priests, you know, of peace, that is? Uh, who else is, you know, the the um, not only king, but the priest, uh, the, the king of Salem, which means peace? That only describes Jesus. So you, you can read volumes on it. Uh, many scholars have good ideas about it. The book of Hebrews, some say it's a Christophany. Some say, no, he comes after the order of Melchizedek. So uh, he was a type of Christ, but it was not a Christophany. Yeah, kind of an interesting study. So did you have a prayer request? remember a lot more uh it's in a way where when we read uh i want to be able to explain you know why we're all here and that that's because god himself can be here through us so i just want to be able to explain you know to people and remember you know more of what i read so it's it's a yeah. prayer for remembering in a conversation because every conversation is so different with another individual yeah Absolutely. So, Father, I pray for Mike as he's reading the scriptures, as he's growing, that you would just guide him and bring to remembrance those things from the Word of God as he discusses, you know, um, things with people, as he gives the truth of the gospel, the truth of your Word, to be able to encourage others with the Word of God. And and that's where we really help people, where we really help people uh, for them to understand salvation, to understand everything that pertains to life and godliness just help Mike. And I thank you that he called. I thank you for his questions, that he's growing in the word and just help him day by day to grow in, in strength as you continue to teach him through the Holy Spirit in reading the written word of God in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate your call. God bless you guys. 303-690-3000 is the call in number The text line 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. We got an open line. Let's go to Logan. He's been holding. Logan, are you there? Okay, Logan, you're not there. Okay, Logan um, had been holding. Let's, let's try Trudy, and maybe I'll come back and answer Logan's question. Is Trudy? Are you and Elizabeth there? Yes. Hello, I'm Trudy. How, how are you, Trudy? I am well, thank you, and Good. I want. To you to know that I appreciate your service and the mission of Grace FM. Thank you so much. Thank you. You bet, Trudy. How can we serve you? 
I have a granddaughter. She's three years old and is being admitted to Children's Hospital in Denver as I speak. She's uh, three years old, and she's having respiratory problems like so many children are across the country during this time. And I would like prayer for her. Uh, Absolutely. Quick, quick recovery. And also for all of the caregivers from the bottom up there, I know they're working so very hard. Yes, absolutely. Father, I pray uh, for this precious little girl, um, three years old, that's in the hospital. As she goes in, that they would be able to treat her, that you'd bring healing to her, that you'd use the doctors, the nurses, the medical staff there to bring that healing. We thank you so much for them. They have they have done such an incredible work, particularly in the last few years with the pandemic, with now uh, the flus going around, the the respiratory problems that kids are seeing so many across the country. I thank you for their training. I thank you that uh, they are available, but I pray for this little girl. I pray that Trudy's granddaughter would heal, um, get over this respiratory problem, whatever it is, uh, and I pray that you would just um, touch her body, encourage her and all the family, and strengthen that little girl and uh, in every way. And, Lord, we just pray that you continue to be with those as we head into the winter season. Uh, that can be difficult. And um, those who are working in the medical field, uh, with all the illnesses that can happen, all the difficulties that can happen, I pray for their strength. I pray for your um, help with them. And I thank you that they are available for us uh, to serve us in that way. And, and uh, so we just pray for blessing upon them and wisdom. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Trudy, keep us updated. And we're going to keep praying. Um, those little ones are so precious to us, aren't they? Yes, they are. She... She has a twin sister, Anna. So oh. Ruth is in the hospital and Anna. So, you know, prayers that she yeah. understands why her sister is missing. So, Abs- Absolutely. How precious. So we're going to be Thank praying, you. okay? Okay. Thank you, Thank so you much. Trudy. You bet. Bye-bye. Absolutely. That's hard when our little ones get sick. I remember when my kids were little and they get sick and, and fevers and flus, and it was so hard. So we're going to be praying. Uh, for her and and uh, pray for healing. Um, let's. You got a couple open lines. Let me see where I'm at on my screen call. And three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the call in number, and the text line is seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Let's go to Rosemary and Frederick. Rosemary. Yes. Hello. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Okay, yes. Uh, I've been under a lot of stress lately, and I'm just having some uh, issues with my health, and I just want some prayer. Absolutely. And, you know, having, you know, issues with your health can bring a lot of stress. Yeah, and, and that's uh, bringing me stress right now, but thank you. <clears throat> yeah. And, Father, I just pray for Rosemary as she's, She's under that stress because she's not feeling well. She has physical um, uh, challenges and sickness and infirmity. You know what it is. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would bring healing to her. 
I pray that you would strengthen her body. But Lord, also, I just pray that you bring her just peace and that you bring her just assurance and that you would bring her rest and that you would bring her calm. And Lord, just minister to her in every way, uh, to her body physically, to her mind emotionally, to her soul spiritually. And Lord, just that she would know that you're there, you care for her. And Lord, that you would strengthen her. And I just pray that uh, she would perceive your presence and rest in your love. And Lord, just bless her in every way. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank hey, Rosemary, you so can, much. Yes, go ahead. Can I, can I share a verse with you? Sure. Um, and it's, it's a verse I've shared many times and we have on this show. Uh, but it's something that I keep going back to. And that's what Paul writes in the book of Philippians. And he says, okay. be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So in those times of stress or feeling anxious or uncertain, that we can go to him with thanksgiving. Amen. Because, you, you know, you, you, yeah, exactly. You have the Lord. He's with you. He loves you. And he promises that as we do that, that he desires to give you that peace that passes understanding. We don't always understand why we go through the trials that we go through. We don't always understand, you know, why it continues. But he desires to give us a peace that passes understanding so we can guard our hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. So that's my prayer for you as we continue. Thank you so much. And what is that Philippians what? Philippians 4. 19? Yeah, Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. 8 and 9. Okay, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Keep us updated. We'll be praying. Okay, thank you so much. God bless. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. You bet. Uh-huh. 303-690-3000, the call-in number, text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Todd in Aurora. Hey, Pastor Jeff. How you doing? I'm good, Todd. How are you? Good, good, good. Um, I called in before about my dad and so forth and uh, for prayer. Um, he's doing fine. Uh, he was good. the gentleman that had a stroke and in rehab, so yeah, um, they're yeah. doing fine. But I wanted good. to call um, my eldest daughter and her husband, uh, uh, his name's Mike, his dad, was just diagnosed with um, stage four lymphoma cancer uh, last week, which would be mm-hmm. my grandson's other grandfather. Um, okay. So, and then a neighbor, a few houses down in my neighborhood, uh, Mrs. Ferguson, uh, she was uh, diagnosed with uh, cancer also last week. So I just wanted prayer, prayer requests for them. Yeah. So is um your your grandson's other grandfather his is his name Mike? Uh, uh no, his name is uh Clark. Okay. Okay. Father, we do pray for Clark is Lord, uh he has stage 4 cancer. Lord, we just ask for your touch upon him. You'd minister to him. Uh Lord, I just pray that um you bring comfort to him. And Lord, we also pray for Mrs. Ferguson, who's got cancer. And Lord, I thank you for Todd, just his sensitivity and 
wanting to bring these two uh, to the throne of grace in time of need. And Lord, they do have need. So we just pray for your healing touch, your compassion, your mercy to be upon them. We just pray that you would uh, minister to them physically, but Lord, also that there be a, a ministry to them of comfort and of, you know, just wisdom as well uh, to them during this time of struggle and infirmity and uncertainty. But Lord, may they know that you are their certain, their certainty, their truth, their salvation. So Lord, we do pray for physical healing, but Lord, we pray that you would draw them, Mrs. Ferguson, Clark, to you. Be with Todd as he ministers to them or has opportunity to. And we just pray um, this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes. And may I say one thing to the listeners? Um, Sure. We just have to remember to be in the Word and that the Holy Spirit will be in the light with us when we're in the Word. And not only that, He will serve us and protect us as long as we trust in Him. And He will take care of all our fears. And He'll provide us the armor of God. So I just want to say that to all our listeners. You know, it's difficult out there, but just remember to be in the Word and have the power of prayer. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Todd. Appreciate it. Keep in touch. All right. Thank you. Bye. Let's go to Jeremy in Longmont. Hi, Jeremy. Jeremy, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, Jeremy. Yeah, you're on Calvary Live. Great. Um, Just have a a quick question, and I think it's more of probably your personal opinion than something found in Scripture, because I haven't come across it. But it's in regards to the rapture and what happens, like, do our physical bodies, get lifted up or is it more like our souls get lifted up and our physical bodies are, are left behind and and I wonder because I, I just wonder about all those people that um, assuming it's a pre-tribulation rapture there's going to be a lot of missing people and so what's going to be sort of like the explanation on, on why there's so many missing people or you know do we just sort of like your bodies just kind of drop dead and everyone will make something up like, Oh, it was a mysterious illness that killed everyone off. Yeah. Or, or I guess what's your opinion yeah. on that? Well, I don't have an opinion, but I will tell you what the word of God says. And I can say it with certainty that Paul is talking about the resurrection to the, the church at Thessalonica. And he says, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning those who have fallen asleep or died, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. And he says, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, he's talking about Jesus' resurrection, even so God will bring him with those who sleep in Jesus. So he's saying we have the promise of the resurrection. And then he goes on to speak about the the rapture. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of an archangel, the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. That is, they will rise up and get their new resurrected bodies. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds in the air. That word caught up is the Greek word hapazo, where we get the Latin word rapturus, uh, which means a sudden taking. Paul also talking about the resurrection. And keep in mind that the resurrection, speaking about not just eternal life, but eternal life in a new heavenly body. Because Jesus Christ rose from the grave bodily, and that's the very foundation of our faith. 
is a bodily resurrection. He didn't rise spiritually. He rose physically. The tomb is empty. And Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, because Jesus Christ rose from the grave, the first fruits of the resurrection, then we who have fallen asleep, we are going to be resurrected as well. And he goes on and he says, I tell you a mystery, we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. So the rapture of the church is talking about our physical bodies will be raised up to meet the Lord in the air. It's not a spiritual resurrection. It is a physical uh, resurrection where we get our new heavenly bodies. Now, how the world's going to explain it, I have no idea. Um, But there's going to be a lot of explaining to do. So there's going to be a generation of Christians that are going to be taken in the twinkling of an eye. That is the speed of light where we're going to meet the Lord in the air and we'll have our new heavenly bodies. Okay, so it's essentially like we, uh, you know, hopefully all of us just sort of just, you know, quickly, uh, the twinkling of an eye, speed of light, just sort of disappear. And then I wonder, mm-hmm. like, how, I, I just wonder, like, how could you possibly, if you were left behind, how could you not be a believer instantly? Like, how could you not see that, witness that, and say, wow, this yeah. just happened, and, you know? Yeah, like, and you're, it, you're, pondering a good question, and that gets asked, and how are we going to explain it? You know, it it seems to indicate to us, we do know that after that, and one of the uh, questions that came in is, will there be a type, uh, a gap of time between the rapture and the tribulation period? I personally believe there's different thoughts on the rapture when it's going to happen. I personally hold the view that it's going to happen before the day of the Lord or the tribulation period. So there's going to be a gap of time, but but we do know that the restrainer, which is the church, the Holy Spirit within the church, when we are removed, that then the lawless one is going to be able to come on the scene, according to Second Thessalonians chapter 2, and then lawlessness will take over. So it probably will be a short time. And also we know that Second Thessalonians talks about that they were given over to strong delusion, to believe the lie. So what's the lie? Mm-hmm. Well, somehow the Antichrist, who's going to proclaim himself as God in the temple of God, to be worshipped as God in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, is going to command the world to worship him. So apparently he'll have some kind of answer, but there'll be strong delusion that will happen. And and I would think just what you're saying, if, you know, if— all of a sudden, millions of people are missing, and and how do we explain it? You would think that people would immediately turn to the Lord. We do know that there's going to be the 144,000 that are going to be evangelists, according to Revelation chapter 7, in the tribulation period, and many are going to come to Christ. They're the tribulation saints, but there are going to be those who their eyes are closed, and they are going to be given over to strong delusion, and how the world's going to explain it, I don't know. Uh, I, I have no idea. But it, it's going to be interesting, and it's going to cause the whole world to be turned into chaos. Yeah, it, it's something that I, I just try and think, like, physically what happens. And I know um, when that does occur, you know, if, if, assuming we're, we're raptured, I still wonder about those, the non-believers. Like, how, you know, hopefully they see that and go, wow, okay. Um, yeah. You know, that's and, what and I believe so. And then that's what I pray. And Jeremy, some people have asked and said, if you've heard the gospel and the rapture happens, is there no hope of salvation? 
we do know there, there's going to be strong delusion where they believe the lie. But the only indication that I see in the book of, of Revelation to where there's no hope of salvation in the tribulation period is those who align themselves with the Antichrist and take the mark of the beast. You can read that in Revelation chapter 14, the proclamation of the three angels. And one of the angels' proclamation is given the everlasting gospel. The other proclamation is Babylon has fallen. And then the third proclamation is do not take the mark of the beast, because if you take the mark of the beast, there's no hope of salvation for you. And and so that's where I see that people can't get saved. But hopefully it will be that, you know, people that you and I witness to, that we tell them that the, the Lord's return is nigh, it is near, um, that they will take it to heart and come to the Lord. And that's what I pray that um, that we just um, continue to witness to others and uh, encourage them. Now's the time to turn to the Lord. The other thing, too, Jeremy, is why some people won't believe is because the Antichrist is going to heavily persecute those who do not take the mark of the beast. And so out of fear and uh, out of being, you know, not wanting to have their heads chopped off, uh, you know, they're not going to follow the Lord or come to give their lives to the Lord. Some will. And um, and so there's a lot that's going on, a lot of dynamics that are taking place during that time. Yeah. I also think about when, when, when Jesus, um, people witnessed Jesus and still didn't believe. So there, so if, if yeah. imagine being through that and not believing, so for sure there will be a lot that will just have yeah. some delusion. Because you're right about the delusion. I think it's going to be just so prevalent that there's just no truth almost anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Thanks, Jeremy. Well, th- Appreciate thank your you. question. Yep. yep, yep. So much. Have a good it. Have a good day. Hey, let's before we close. Let's go to David in New Jersey. David? Yes. Hey, I got a couple minutes. You got a question? Yes. Quick question. Well, not a quick question. Um, will we know each other in heaven? I believe we will. The Bible says that we'll be reunited in heaven, but it never says that we'll know each other in heaven. Well, a couple of scriptures that you can look at. Um, number one is in Luke chapter 16, when Lazarus uh, was there in uh, paradise, that he was in Abraham's bosom, and the rich man was over in the uh, place of the unrighteous dead. He calls over, he recognized Lazarus. He said, hey, can you send Lazarus over here um, to touch my tongue because I'm thirsty? So we have that reference there, and he knew Abraham as well. But we also have in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that says, that for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also known. Um, so I believe what it's telling us, as you look at the context, um, that when we go home to be with the Lord, that we are going to, you know, know one another. And I've always said this, you know, I don't think we're going to be, you know, any more um, clueless in heaven than we are here. We're going to know each other. Our relationships are going to be different. Um, You know, they're going to be better. We're not going to be married in heaven. Um, But, you know, some people are kind of bummed out by that, Um, you know, when they've been married a long time. But we're not given to marriage. But our relationship with our spouse, if you were married 50, 60 years, tremendous blessing. 
But your relationship yeah. with your spouse in heaven, I believe, is going to be richer and better than ever before um, because, you know, we're going to be in heaven and we're going to know each other. We'll have our new heavenly bodies. What will we look like? I'm hoping I have more hair. I hope I'm thinner. <laughs> um, yeah. But but we will know each other, and certainly we will. And I was just wondering, gives- like, to what degree we would know each other because if, like, say you owed me 20 bucks, you beat me out of 20 bucks. I mean, that's that's still going to weigh heavy on me. <laughs> and I mean, or is it going to be frivolous and just wipe clean? Stupid I, things like I don't. Th- I don't think you're going to. I don't think anybody's going to be worried about the twenty bucks their buddy owes them. And um, yeah. and you know, all things have you know, all things become new. And yeah. you know, all the the difficulties and the challenges and you know, all of that is just going to go away. And uh, because Christ is there, we're in our glorified bodies. And in that final place of the new heaven, new Jerusalem, no more sin, no more tears, no more sickness. It's just going to be glorious, and I can't wait till that time comes. So good question, David. Appreciate you calling. Thanks for the question and answering time. You bet, David. God bless you. Hey, we're coming to the end of the show. And uh, good questions. Keep reading your Bible. Uh, Calvary Live will be back at the same time tomorrow. So glad that you've tuned in. So glad that we can answer your questions and just bless you in that way. Have a good evening. Keep reading your Bibles. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.